You are tuned to the Nahum Siegel Network on jmandtheam.org and nahumsiegel.com. Stay tuned for JM Sunday with Matis Weingast.
Good morning, everyone. Welcome to JM Sunday, right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Matis Weingast, and I'm your host here on JM Sunday on the Nachum Siegel Network. We are doing show number 250 today. It is a, it is a milestone. <laughs> I think so. 250 consecutive shows have not missed a Sunday except for Yom Tov. And even then, we did get one in um, on uh, the end of a Yom Tov. We did a JM Sunday show at night, so technically it was still a JM Sunday show. Uh, and it is, uh, yeah, it's great here on the network. So we're we're celebrating that here. Uh, and uh, it is the 9th of July, 2017, 15th day in the month of Tammuz, 5777. Coming up this week on the calendar, 17th of time was a fast that begins the three weeks. So uh, we're going to be in, we're on our pre-three weeks format today. Uh, and uh, in Daf Yomi, Daf Kuf Samaches in Baba Basra, the Siyum for uh, Baba Basra will take place on the 17th of July, 23rd of Tammuz, coming up in... Uh, in just a little over a week, a week from tomorrow. That is a huge milestone. And uh and that is that is great. We expect to have on next um uh, next Sunday uh Rabbi Wa- <coughs> excuse me, Rabbi Wise of uh Real Clear Daf. Uh and uh, he'll be on with us next Sunday to uh to discuss uh Real Clear Daf. It's a great uh, app for uh, listening to Nafiomi. Uh, anyway, it is uh, bright and early here in the New Jersey offices of uh, JM Sunday. It's seven minutes after the hour, 7.07 a.m. Eastern Time. We're here with you. It's going to be a nice day out here, a uh, high of 83 degrees, and uh, that is going to be nice. Uh, we're going to have our news from Israel, and we'll find out what the uh, what the weather is over there? I know the uh, the expected temperature is uh, for the next uh, you know for the day is um, is going to be nice. We just had that, and then we just uh, we just lost that one. Uh, Ninety degrees is where it is right now, and sunny. So that's beautiful. Uh, and eighty three is the expected high. It's uh, seventy eight degrees right now outside of our studios. So we're going to play a lot of music. We're going to have some uh, guests on this morning, and uh, we'll just have a good time. So thanks, everyone, for joining us right here on uh, JM Sunday. 
We're going to go right to the music. We're going to start with one of the new selections from Izzy Kiefer's Uncork the Bottle album, Hamavdil. And uh, that is going to be our first selection right here on JM Sunday. Hamavdil ben Kodesh
People say the world has gone mad Evil has stolen the day Some people say just throw in the towel Oh, I don't feel that way Cause every good deed that you do And every kind word that you say has a way Has a way to change the world There is so much we can do to make this world September changed our lives The darkest day by far Oh, they broke our hearts But woke up our soul We'll show them who we are Cause we are towers of light And we have the power to do what is right Let's illuminate the night There is so much we can do Or fame, go out of your way, make someone stay.
music by Shira Hadasha Boys Choir right here on JM Sunday. Matas Weingast with you. It is uh, just about 7.30, bottom of the first half hour of today's show, 250th show consecutive, except for a day or two of Yom Tov that we weren't able to do a show. Uh, but uh, even that we got in. Uh, we are here with you on the Nachum Siegel Network. Great to be here, as always, every Sunday morning uh, that we are able to. It is a beautiful day outside out of our studios, going up to a high of 83 degrees in Jerusalem, going up to uh, 90, which is where it's at right now. We'll get to Rabbi Goldwasser in a few seconds. News from Israel coming up at 7 o'clock live and in English with Hannah Julian. Uh, just to let all of you know that uh, right after morning Chizuk, we're going to be joined by Rabbi Dov Lipman, live from Israel, a former member of the Knesset, and we'll find out what's going on with him as we celebrate our 250th show today. So we look forward to Rabbi Lipman joining us in uh, just a few minutes, right after morning Chizuk. And a couple of other guests uh, scheduled for today. So, you know, don't go away. You don't change that channel, as they say, because uh, we are here with you, as we are every Sunday morning, to uh, to bring you a great, hopefully, a great show. At this time, each and every Sunday through Thursday, we present to you Rabbi David Goldwasser, Rabbi Goldwasser's words, Elizech Nishmas Harvzev, Rabbi Yosef Alevi, and Esther Bas, Rabbi Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We find a very interesting part in the Torah that addresses serving the Klal, being a part of Klal Yisrael. We learn in the Pasuk that Pinchas got up from amid the assembly and he took a spear in his hand. There's no irrelevant or extra word in the Torah. Yet, the Pasuk finds it necessary to tell us that Pinchas was a member of the congregation. We knew that already. Rabbi Nisimi again explains that the Torah's intention is to highlight Pinchas as a regular person, one of the crowd, not an illustrious personage that was some prominent sage. Yet, even an ordinary person is obligated to oppose and protest a chilul Hashem, any desecration of the name of Hashem. Despite the fact that the commission of the sin was by one of the notable people of the generation, Pinchas didn't hold back. Immediately he rushed to attack that action. He didn't absolve himself by saying, oh, I'm not such an important individual. My stature is not so great. Or... Moshe Rabbeinu is the leader of the congregation. He's the leader of our whole generation. Let him take care of it. Often, when we observe something taking place, and perhaps we should protest, or perhaps we should speak out against it, we begin to say, who am I? Do I have to correct it? Who appointed me to object or disapprove this violation or offense? I'm not a Rav. I'm not a Rebetzin. Let those in charge take action. On the contrary, Pinchas teaches us that at times, specifically in matters of Chilul Hashem, every individual is obligated to become involved. It's fascinating that we learn in the Medrash, Pinchas zu that Pinchas then became Eliyahu. What happened with Eliyahu? It's fascinating to understand that Eliyahu did not die 
It says he went up to Shemayim in a storm, Chai V'Kayim, when he was still living. Why is that so? Because Pinchas was willing to give up on his life. He was willing to go and take care of the desecration, even if it would cost him his very own life. He went into enemy camp in terms of what he wanted to do. Yet, he was willing to give it all up for the honor of Hashem. Hashem said, you are willing to give up for my honor. You are going to get eternal life. You will live forever. I would like to make special note that it is the 250th consecutive program of Reb Matis, our host. We are indebted to him for his tireless work on behalf of the Klau. May Hashem Yisbarach grant him the gematria of 250, the numerical equivalent, which is brachavatov, blessing in good, in Ruchnius and Gashmias, spiritually and materially, Laorech Yomim Tovim, forever and ever. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Thank you so much, Rabbi Goldwasser, for those wonderful words and those uh, and those words of Torah that uh, that you gave us. We really appreciate it. I'm surprised at that, uh, and uh, surprised at the words about me, not about the words of Torah. Those were always excellent. But thank you very much, Rabbi Goldwasser. Uh, Rabbi Goldwasser has been with us, of course, here on JM Sunday, but on uh, JM and the AM for so many years, and uh, it's a pleasure every time we welcome him to the airwaves. Uh, we're going to get to some music, and then coming up in just a couple of minutes, I'll be joined by Rabbi Dov Lipman, former member of Knesset. He'll be uh, with us live from Israel. So uh, we're going to get to that in uh, just a couple of minutes. First up, the uh, Ava Viakva Boys Choir with... Uh, and now with a selection from the Shavisi Hashem album right here on JM Sunday.
my apologies to the Ava Viaqua Boys Choir. We're going to cut into that uh, now so we can get to our uh, our interview, our discussion, I should say, with Rabbi Dov Lipman. And uh, we will uh, we'll, we'll play that in its entirety maybe a little bit later today. Uh, but I wanted to uh, get to, to Dove because uh, I know he is a very busy person. I appreciate his giving us uh, his time today. Rabbi Dov Lipman and his family made Aliyah in 2004 uh, from the United States and was elected to the Knesset uh, and uh, since has continued his public work in uh, his public work in different areas, which we'll discuss. And uh, during the 19th Knesset, uh, Rabbi Lipman served on the Finance Committee uh, and the Immigration Committee, a lot of a lot of committees, which we'll also uh, see what, what's going on now. And as part of the Yeshatid party, of course, he was on the Knesset. Uh, and uh, besides being a radio show host, a journalist, an author, he spends his time working for the community. He is a consummate Aliyah advocate, and you know what? An all-around nice guy. Rabbi Dov Lipman, welcome back to JM Sunday. Thank you so much. It's great to be here on Mazal Tov on the anniversary celebration. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, we'll get to all the things that you're doing and what's coming up in a moment. I just want to take one moment to kind of get it out of the way. You know, the fact that we're here for 250 consecutive shows on a Sunday is part of the Nachum Siegel Network. You're a radio show host. You're out there in the public. Uh, how do you feel when you connect with people through the media of uh, of, of radio, television, um, and writing? Well, there's no doubt that we live in a time where we're blessed with the ability to connect with people uh, beyond just our immediate circles. And when people like yourself use that medium for wonderful things and to spread both music but also important messages, uh, there, there's a feeling of, you know, God has put this technology into the world. So many use it for, uh, sadly, for the wrong things. And to be able to use it for the right things, I think that's why it's here. And you're able to touch people's lives. And and impact people and share them information and hopefully try to inspire them as well. So uh, it's certainly a, a blessing to be in a position where we can make use of it, and hopefully we, we use it for the right things. Exactly. Absolutely. Thank you for those kind words for you know about, about my particular show, and it uh, obviously goes the same for you. Do you sometimes feel, though, in, the, uh, in this age of instantaneous news uh, that can get around the world through all the social media and everything, that sometimes it seems we're spending more time either correcting or, or uh, interpreting what is heard than the actual first item that comes out. Well, it's interesting. I actually just had a conversation uh, with someone uh, on Erev Shabbat, I think it might have been, or maybe just a few days ago. Uh, they were talking about the whole idea of how consumed we are by getting the instant news and, and, and not having time to even digest what's going on. And I actually talked to this person who was not observant of Shabbat about the value of having a Shabbat in our times uh, because we just don't have time to sit back and to think and to learn and to uh, connect with uh, the family. Uh, and it's just this, you know, this, this constant race out there in the news to try to have, have the next headline. And I think that does a tremendous amount of damage. Um, you know, even in the Torah, we were taught that there are separations between the partiot, uh spaces, physical spaces. And the idea was time to reflect on what was just taught. And we're supposed to be doing that between aliyot when we hear the Torah uh, read. And the whole concept right. is, okay, you hear a message, you hear something. Now what does it mean to you? And how do you digest it? And how does it hopefully make you a better person? So uh, we definitely need to not get too caught up uh, in the craziness of the the race uh, just 
for the headline and hopefully try to share with people uh, some more meaningful messages and enable them to uh, try to better themselves along the way. Right, exactly. Very well uh, very well said and a great point. Uh, and, and, of course, the technology, like you say, to be used in a good way. We, we're here now. I'm talking to you. I'm in New Jersey. You're in Israel. It sounds as clear as anything. Uh, we're talking instantaneously. We can discuss the headlines. We can discuss what's going on. You're going to share with us what you're doing in, in a minute or so. And we are being heard literally around the world. Uh, any place that somebody can uh, can just get to uh, the app, in our case, uh, go to the website, anybody anywhere in the world right now. And we have worldwide listeners in the United States, North America, in Israel, in other parts of the world. It's just, it's amazing sometimes when I speak to people and uh, they say, oh, you know, we heard something on a show. Or it's just that reach that... Uh, that is there is, is amazing. We thank God for giving us that technology, and as you said, to use it in the in the right way. Uh, you are. Uh, what are you doing now? Tell us what you're what you're up to these days. Because sure. uh, um, we just I saw was... you, by the way, uh, at the Israel parade uh, up Fifth Avenue. You were on the Nefesh Benefesh float, and and you look great up there. <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, it was. It was, it was really nice to, to be there and to be part of, you know, thousands of people who are celebrating Israel, and it inspires me. I mean, it's, it's for me, very personally, uh, to be part of that. I was on my way to the American Jewish Committee Global Forum in Washington, where I spoke about some of the difficult, challenging issues between diaspora jury and Israeli jury today. Uh, generally, I spent my time involved in Hasbara, trying to make the case for Israel, uh, both parliaments around the world and delegations that come to Israel, college students. Uh, we're in a difficult battle and we need to be out there viewing it as a battle and be on the offense, making the case uh, for our country. And uh, that, that's what I spent uh, the bulk of my time uh, doing. I've had more time for some personal learning and uh, exploring getting involved in education a little bit more as well. Uh, but it's been a wonderful time to try to be involved in representing Israel and, like I said, trying to make the case in a world where we're losing uh, the PR war, uh, but there's no reason for that to be the case if we really just get the word out in the proper way. Right. Now, sometimes uh, things uh, happen that are coming out to be more positive. For instance, we know what happens at the United Nations all the time. It seems to be an Israel-bashing agency, uh, yet we have represented now, even from the United States, who are seem to be quite pro-Israel and don't let that message of negativity stand. Uh, so, you know, I guess it's a good thing we, we get that message out and keep on pushing it because it's the truth. Israel has so many positive things and, and there's just no reason to, uh, you know, to not have that uh, that public relations working for our favor. Yeah, the key, the, and the key is that Israel should not be defined just by the conflict with the Palestinians. Right. It's a very complex conflict. It's very difficult. There are times that Israel can be in the wrong and that's okay, but just define the essence of Israel, and our college students are going to campuses, and they're being presented with, it's Israel on one side, and human rights and justice on the other side, and we have to be out there telling the story of Israel as a country that not only stands for justice and human rights, but does so much uh, for those efforts around the world, and even in Israel, uh, and, and beyond that, even when we talk about the conflict, that people have the real information, and not be misguided by so much of the anti-Israel rhetoric that's out there. Right, exactly, and focusing on, uh, getting to the focus of Aliyah, for instance, you said before that you were very proud to be up there, and it was very meaningful for you to be at the uh, parade. But you're the consummate Aliyah 
person that we should all be inspired by because you didn't just make Aliyah. Within a few years, you made Aliyah, as I mentioned, in 2004, and I think it was 2013. Nine years later, you were a member of the Knesset, of the top Israeli political body uh, in the country. Uh, so you certainly took it and ran with it, as they say. Uh, one of the things I know you do is that you go around and travel for Nefesh Benefesh and speak to different communities around uh, the country and around the world. Uh, what do you see as Aliyah in the next uh, number of years? Do you see it growing tremendously? And also tied into that, do you think that as our public relations gets better and we hear the more positive, that will have an impact? Well, first of all, I'm going to differ with your statement about the consummate Aliyah. I think every <laughs> single family that comes here is making a major contribution of to course. Israel, and they're raising their families here. And in my case, I happen to have been a little bit more public in nature, but right. so many people are doing so many wonderful things. Uh, sadly, I, I don't see uh, a major increase taking place in, in Aliyah from North America, and it's something which, which troubles me. Uh, it troubles me to the point that I actually sat down and, and wrote a book about it, which was at the Shem be coming out in a few months, called Coming Home. Nice. where I talk about all the sources that I was never taught in schools growing up in the United States, uh, you know, whether it's from the Ramban saying that you have a Torah obligation uh, to move to Israel, or it's letters from the Chafetz Chaim talking about all he ever wants to do in his life was get to Israel, and he and his wife made the plans, and they got to the port, and his wife fell ill, and they had to go to a doctor in Vilna, and that was the end of it, and he, and he's, and he, he demonstrates his pain over the fact that he never made it here. So the book essentially has chapter after chapter calling to really North American jury. There's no editorial comment from me for two thousand years, all of our ancestors, this was their dream, this was their goal, and it was deprived from them. What they would have given to live in our generation where you, you make the decision, you, you do your research, you have to have smart Aliyah. I don't right. believe in people just dropping everything and coming, but if you do put the pieces together, you contact Nefesh Benefesh, you, you work things out, and you have the opportunity, this chut in our times, uh, to live in the land which God gave us. You know, one time I was sitting next to Ruven Rivlin, who's now the president of Israel. My, by the way, uh, my my, my cousin. We're cousins. Okay, so yep, you're cousin. Yep, yep, uh, yep, incredible, cousin. <laughs> incredible person and leader. And I was sitting next to him at a Knesset committee when he was a regular member of Knesset. And I said to him, we had a little pause in the action, I said, I'm so jealous of you. His family's in Israel, eight, nine generations, and he was Shalayim, yeah. students of the Vilna Gon who came here. I said, I'm so jealous of you. And he said to me, Dov, you're so jealous of me? He said, I'm jealous of you. You chose Israel. You got to do what Avraham Avinu did. You made Aliyah. I wasn't able to do that. I was born here. Yeah. He said, I'm so jealous of you. And I want, I, I want North American Jews to start seeing it that way, at least explore your options, see if it's possible. And if people can't make Aliyah for whatever reason, then raise your children with that value. Raise them that when they're 18, 19, they should move to Israel, set their lives there, and then join them afterwards. It's a, it's a wonderful retirement uh, in Israel. <laughs> And that's the way, and that's the environment we should be creating uh, in our communities. Right, right, exactly. Uh, when will you be doing your next uh, uh, speaking engagement uh, in the United States? Uh, we have plans uh, to do some Nefesh Benefesh Shabbatons, uh, Shabbatons this coming year. I don't have the exact uh, dates. I certainly okay. will be there in March time when they have their big uh, mega fair uh, as well. Yes. And uh, I enjoy sharing my story, answering people's questions, talking about some of the challenges involved in Aliyah as well, and having a very open conversation uh, with people and also with students in schools. The most important thing is that it should be on the radar screen. It should be something that, that we're talking about and that, that it's not a, uh, a mitzvah which has suddenly disappeared uh, from our lexicon, uh, you know, we have to remember there are sources that say, I mean, the time of Ezra 
when they called people to come back and they're building the second Beit HaMikdash, only 42,360 Jews returned. Right. And the Gemara says uh, that when Ezra returned, that should have been the most everlasting Beit HaMikdash. And it says in the Gemara, but sin prevented it. And the Marsha says, what was that sin? That Jews didn't return. <laughs> Had Jews returned, then Geula would have happened. So right. maybe we have that opportunity in front of our eyes today, and we have to be talking about it. I remember when, uh, when Nefesh Nefesh hit the 42,000 mark, I was speaking to Rabbi Fass about just what you were saying from, uh, from Tanakh, and uh, now they're up to over 50,000, thank God. So, you know, we're, we're past that point. It should, you know, maybe have a, uh, a, an influx, and it should just... Uh, become a huge growth. It would be wonderful, and, and it makes such a difference. You know, you sit back and you say, how can I help Israel? The number one thing you can do is to come here, uh, more Jews in Israel, and also North American Jews come with that passion and that idealism to give and contribute, and you can just imagine greater possibilities for yourselves and for your families and for your children, and again, do your homework, explore it, but it has to be part of the conversation, and sadly, from what I experienced growing up, and even just in general, traveling around, it's not as much of a as part of the conversation as I think it should be. Right, exactly. You know, your, your book that's coming out, and we, of course, would uh, welcome you to join us as soon as it's available, uh, even beforehand, just to let everybody know when it's going to come out. It would be a great text to reference for yeshivas and for day schools uh, when they want to yes. have that conversation yes, I, I, in the classroom. I, I actually started writing it as a curriculum for mm. schools, and then I realized as I was developing uh, that there's actually a book here. And the book is literally, it's, 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 it's hundreds and hundreds of sources uh, from all of our uh, texts going back to the, to the Torah and to the Navi and to the Midrashim and to the Gemaras. And, and it goes basically chapter by chapter with the idea of just showing how this theme has played out throughout our entire history, starting with, like I said, Avram Avinu, then going on through the Gemara, uh, the Ramban, Rabbi Yehuda Halevi, Rabbi Yaakov Emden, the Vilna Gon, mm. and then in more modern times, Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zunderfeld, who is the leader of the Haredi community. You right. can see what he writes about how important Aliyah is. Rav Cook, uh, Rav Tachetal, and then just discussion. Is there an obligation to live in the land of Israel? Is this the beginning of the final redemption? What mitzvot can be performed only in Israel? But to, to, to really put those sources out there, sources which I wish, I wish I would have learned during my day school and yeshiva years and had more information to be able to make an educated decision, I think that we have to have those sources out there. And I certainly hope that rabbis and communities and rabbis and schools uh, will make use of it so that students will uh, get an understanding of how central the land of Israel is supposed to be to our Judaism, including sources that say every mitzvah that you do outside the land of Israel uh, is just to make sure that we know how to do it when we return to the land of Israel. And I'm not talking about a modern-day source and going back to the Sifri and to, right. to real uh, uh, ancient texts of ours that we rely on for so much. They talk in this way, and it's important that children growing up in the United States and in North America in general uh, should have that perspective. Exactly. Rabbi Dovlip, and thank you so much. We look forward to the uh, book coming out, uh, and you'll let us know about that. And uh, I know your time is limited, and I, I appreciate very much uh, you joining us here on this special day. Uh, we wish you considered uh, considerable hatzlacha in your endeavors, and, and again, it's an honor to have you on uh, here today. You've been a frequent guest of mine, and I appreciate the time you've given us. Thank you, Mazal Tov on the 250th, and Mazal Tov will be together for the 500th. Amen. Thanks again. Take care. Hatzlacha. Rabbi Dovlip, and former member of Knesset, right here on JM Sunday. We're going to go back to the music, and uh, then we'll get the news from Israel, the uh, live edition news from Israel in English that we have with Hannah Julian on Sunday mornings here on JM Sunday on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Yismach Melech by uh, Shlomo Katz. It's the title track of uh, his uh, of his album, Yismach Moshe, right here on JM Sunday. It's uh, about a minute and a half to the top of the hour, and uh, we're going to be joined shortly by uh, Hannah Julian, who is uh, our correspondent for the Israel News every uh, Sunday morning, and uh, she'll be with us in just a moment. I want to thank Rabbi Dov Lipman for joining us this morning to uh, give us some good wishes about show number 250 here on the JM Sunday on the Nachum Siegel Network, and of course to talk about his tireless effort, efforts in uh, in, uh, in 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 pushing for Aliyah, and uh, of course talking about Israel. He is someone who made Aliyah and uh, has really made a mark on on Israeli society and the Jewish world. So you know, we thank him for joining us. It is, uh, and and what else are we having? Well, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Who else we're going to have on the show? Coming up is uh, Connor Julie in just a minute. Uh, show number 250, July 9th, uh, 2017, the 15th day in the month of Tammuz, 5777. Fast day coming up this week on, uh, begins, uh, well, the day begins tomorrow night, but the fast begins on Tuesday morning. Check your local times for the 17th of Tammuz. And if you uh, if you get a chance, go to our Facebook page, JM Sunday, and like us on the page, like the actual page. We appreciate that. You can uh, put your comments there, or send us requests if you wish, as uh, whatever you wish to do. Uh, and uh, let's see what else we have written. Coming up next week, we're going to have Rabbi Wise. He's from the uh, the uh, he is the person who gives the Dafyomi Shir on real clear Daf. Uh, it's an excellent app, uh, website to get a uh, daily dafyomi, and uh, today is Kuf Yud Kuf Samach Ches, 168 in Baba Basra. Next um, next uh, Monday on the 17th of July, 23rd of Tammuz is the Siyum uh, for Baba Basra. So we'll we'll hear from him next uh, Sunday morning, and uh, just keep it tuned here to JM Sunday. You never know who's going to be popping up right now. It's time for our news from Israel. Hannah Julian, Middle East news analyst and senior correspondent at JewishPress.com, joins us every Sunday morning to bring us up to date on the latest happenings in the state of Israel. Good morning, Hannah Julian. Good morning, Matas. We had breaking news this morning here in Israel. Today, the host of James Sunday opened his 250th show on the air. Uh, Matis, <laughs> Matis, I think it may be a record, but if it isn't, it's pretty close. We uh, want to wish you a mazel tov and tell you to make sure that your seat is comfortable yes. so you can at least uh, break another 250, if not more. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. I did not know that that's breaking news in Israel, but yeah, thank it's you. breaking news in Israel. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Now, let me tell the listeners what else is what going else? on. <laughs> Please do. Thank you. Right. <laughs> Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu opened this morning's cabinet meeting with a reading from the Chumash, believe it or not. He actually did read from the Chumash, specifically from that portion where uh, Abraham purchased the cave of the field of Machpelah from Ephron for 400 shekels of silver and then buried his wife Sarah in the cave. I'm sure everyone remembers that. The Parsha explains that the field located before Mamre also known as Hebron, is in the land of Canaan, and the children of Het 
witnessed the sale to Avram. Having read the evidence of Jewish presence and possession of property in Hebron, dating all the way back to the time of Avraham, the prime minister then noted that none of this stopped UNESCO's World Heritage Committee from voting last Friday on a resolution declaring it to be an endangered Palestinian heritage site. As a result, Netanyahu says he's decided to cut a million dollars from Israel's membership dues to the United Nations. The money will go instead to the establishment of the Museum of the Heritage of the Jewish People in Kiryat Arba and Hebron. It will also be used for other heritage initiatives in Hebron. In addition, the Prime Minister has instructed that procedures be completed for the construction of the Kedem Center for the display of historical and archaeological findings for the City of David in Jerusalem. Netanyahu says he'll invite delegations from UNESCO and the United Nations first when the center is completed so they'll see the truth. In other news, the prime minister has cautiously welcomed a ceasefire in southern Syria, but he says he's made it clear to all parties that it cannot serve to establish a military presence for Iran or its proxies in the area. Netanyahu says he talked about this issue last week with U.S. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson. He also discussed the issue with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Both leaders said they understand Israel's position, and both said they would take Israel's demands into account. That said, the prime minister is not relying on trust alone. Netanyahu says the IDF will continue to monitor the borders and will keep an eye on the Hezbollah terrorist organization. It's important to prevent Hezbollah from getting access to new precision weapons and to keep Iran from establishing a presence in Syria in general and especially from establishing a presence along Israel's northern border. Also in the news, Poland is about to sign a deal with the United States to buy its Patriot missile system, but the Warsaw government is insisting on having interceptor missiles from Israel's David Sling system. The deal is worth up to $7.6 billion, and Poland should get eight Patriots from Raytheon by the end of this year. The deal was closed while U.S. President Donald Trump was in Warsaw last week. But Poland demanded the Israeli interceptor missiles, which were also developed by Raytheon. They're marketed internationally under the name Skyceptor. They're less expensive than the American version, and they perform better as well. The U.S. and Israel also agreed to allow Poland to have them manufactured in Poland. Let's take a quick look now at the weather. It's beautiful but hot here in Israel, a bit hazy. The high in Jerusalem is around 90 degrees, all the way up to 105 in Elant. Everybody's taking a siesta down south, around 98 degrees in Beersheba, 87 in Haifa. It's absolutely cold <laughs> in Haifa. Partly cloudy tonight, down to 73 in Jerusalem, 82 in Elat, 75 in Tel Aviv. Heat wave tomorrow, muggy along the coast, and we're back to a Hamsin again all around the country, a real heat wave. Put your water bottles in the freezer now so they're ready for tomorrow. Have a great week, everyone. Shavua Tov. Have an easy fast on Tuesday. I'm Hannah Julian for JM Sunday. Thank you so much, Hannah Julian. I uh, I hope that you're going to stay hydrated, especially before the fast. What is the uh, <laughs> what is the weather forecast for Tuesday? 
hot, really hot. <laughs> oh boy! Everybody's probably going to be in the AC. Exactly, <laughs> making sure all the AC is working, and uh, and uh, you know, being careful because uh, uh, one can get dehydrated very quickly without realizing it, especially on a uh, fast day. Uh, um, they you make have a to. Stay- they actually make a special, I, I actually do have to say this, this is really important, especially if there are tourists listening. The Israel Electric Corporation uh, makes a point of cycling sometimes the power, and so there are brownouts and sometimes even many blackouts because they cycle the electricity, but they made a special effort this year not to do that because the heat has gotten to a dangerous level and they've been very, very concerned about it. Uh, the water bottle situation is very, very important, especially for tourists to know about, and especially if they're visiting down at the Dead Sea in a lot and uh, in Jerusalem because it's a drier heat and sometimes they're not aware of it, they don't feel it, and they don't drink enough. So really be sure if you're listening to this broadcast and you're a tourist in Israel, really make sure to drink even if you don't think that you're thirsty. Great points. And again, I want to thank you for joining us on Sunday mornings with the News from Israel in English live and giving us the uh, the very up-to-date information. And I want to thank you again for all these many years that you've uh, been with us. And uh, thank you for joining us on this celebratory 250th show. Appreciate it. <laughs> Mazel tov. <laughs> Thanks a lot. That's our News from Israel. We're going to uh, go to some music. Uh, thanks again, Hannah Julian. We'll catch up with you next week right here on the JM Sunday. Coming up in just a few minutes, coming up in just a few minutes, we'll be joined by the one and only Nachum Siegel right here on JM Sunday. Shema, 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 Shema,
Yehi Shemo Shalshelas from uh, volume number three here on JM Sunday. Matas Wine Guest with you, 8.12 in the morning, 12 minutes after the hour, our second hour of the show, and show number 250. And none of this could have been possible without the direction and the help and the guidance and support of a great friend of mine, the host of JM and the AM, the head of the Nachum Siegel Network, Mr. Nachum Siegel himself. Good morning. Welcome to JM Sunday. Thank you, Matis. Mazal tov to you. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to uh, to be on your network and to uh, to speak to the listeners every Sunday morning. We, as we mentioned before, uh, we have only missed I think it's a couple of shows because it's Yom Tov in the second day. We actually, if you recall, did a Sunday night post Yom Tov <laughs> JM Sunday, and it classified as JM Sunday. Uh, and uh, as I was speaking with uh, Dove Lipman before, if I had been in Israel on those other days, we probably would have done a a a. Uh, it wouldn't be second day Yuntif; it would be the end of Yuntif show. But you know, couldn't couldn't swing that. Nah. Yeah, living, li- living outside of Israel has ruined your perfect record. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But other than that, we have been here every Sunday morning, and thank you, Nachum. I mean, it, look, this pales in comparison to the to the decades. I hate to say it that way; you know, it sounds old, but the decades that you've been on the JM and the AM. But you know, the network well, has. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll dispute that because <laughs> yeah. I take days off from JM and the AM. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, you that's... you seem to find no excuse to take a day off. It's very un-American of you, by the way. Yeah, I know. very un-American. Absolutely terrible. Uh, you know what? My, that's my, my it. My brother used to say, you, "You need to learn how to take a coffee break." Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> it. You know what? I'm not going to do a JM Sunday tomorrow then. That's it. That's it. Uh, But you know, seriously, uh, uh, thank you. And uh, this network has has grown tremendously since at the inception, just you know, a few years ago, a number of years ago. And uh, it's just amazing what what is is, has transpired and and the communication around the world. Well, it is amazing. And um, (laughs) last night, last night, someone sent me a link. Not a link. Someone sent me a message had gotten that they are now streaming the Nahum Single Network on a Russian website. Wow. Uh, and I'm like, wow, okay. You know, I don't know what that means exactly. Is it local Russian or in Russia itself? But whatever it is, it does, it does reflect the growth of the network, that's for sure. And uh, and, and the funny thing is that um, we left terrestrial radio, go all digital, and there is this impression as if we were never global to begin with. Which of course we were. Right, but course. I'm, I'm, I'm visiting somewhere for Shabbos, and someone comes over to me and says, "I was so upset when you left terrestrial radio." And then I got to Israel on vacation a few <laughs> weeks ago, and I turned on your app and I said, "Oh, thank goodness! Thank goodness you left terrestrial radio, because I wouldn't be able to enjoy this otherwise." I said, "Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you." Exactly. Yeah. So there's definitely an impression that we're more global, and I think that they were definitely picking up a lot more listeners around the world. It's incredible how small the world is getting. Right, a hundred percent. And uh, you know, besides this show, there are so many other shows on the network. Uh, I don't even want to start because I'll forget some of them. You know them all, but the uh, different personalities on, and and uh, it just opened up a whole new uh, perspective on on information and, and entertainment uh, that's out there in the Jewish world. Yeah, again, I'm somewhere for Shabbos where people are referencing all these shows, the entire Shabbos, and I'm like, wow, you you heard me say that, you heard Matzah say that, you heard. You know, Jew in the city say that, you know, just talking about the different things that, that sometimes we don't even realize we're saying and telling the world about. And uh, and it's very interesting getting the reaction. By the way, speaking of diverse shows and uh, 
and programming. Tomorrow we are introducing, and we're not even making this official until we announce it on JMM tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow we're introducing Yoni Pollock's brand new sports show, Ooh. which is going to be on after the Israel show on Monday morning as an experiment during the summer. And we have high hopes for it. It is very, very different from what the Nahum Single Network you know, mission statement is and what the Nahum Single Network has set out to do. But we're going to take an hour to see if, in fact, somebody we like a lot, a from sports enthusiast and someone who's very knowledgeable when it comes to sports, you know, can present the show that uh, is unique. Unique not necessarily to our community, but unique in general. He's calling it um, After Further Review, mm. uh, a, reference, a reference to all the... Uh, you know, the instant the, replays. The replay scenarios. Yeah. Even I know that. Even I know that. Right. You know? <laughs> and it starts 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. We'll officially announce it tomorrow in the 7 o'clock hour during JMD when he comes on the air with me. But you're right. We're trying We're trying so many different things and reaching out in so many different venues and directions. And I'm hoping people continue to enjoy. Well, absolutely. And that's amazing to hear. I look forward to listening to that after uh, Mayor Weingarten's Israel show tomorrow, which is another you know, great show on uh, on the network, exclusively on on uh, the Nachum Siegel Network. Uh, well, you and May, you and Mayor are, are a testament to you know stick to itiveness and just being there every week and watching it grow and grow and grow. And you know that's the secret, as we know, that's the secret. And you're at 250 now, which reflects five years. And you know when someone stays with it for five years, and it's a product people enjoy. It's going to continue to have success. So. Oh, thank the you. Next thank you. I hope so. Uh, officially, the uh, the network began uh, in September of 2012, right after Labor Day, had uh, the right. kickoff, and uh, we'll be looking to starting the, the year number six coming up. Uh, Hard to believe. But in yes, but in terms of uh, of like you said, the different shows, and when you have a network that's built, then people are. I, I guess it just uh, it just. Uh, uh, geometrically progresses that people will listen to the to the network more and more, obviously because they like the shows. But they'll also have a reason to keep listening all the time to just keep it on. There's no reason to right. switch. You have all these varieties, and it's not just the music that's you know always been a key of uh, of everything that you've done in all the shows. Uh, but it's the guests, the the varied guests, uh, guests from around the world, the guests that give people the opportunity to hear what's going on in the world, uh, in this world of ours, that they never would have a chance to to hear. I mean, you've had so many guests on; they're just amazing, from authors to politicians to uh, musicians, also, of course. Uh, that it's just uh, it, it just gives people something they've never had before, and and uh, don't even have now, other than in your network. Yeah, I like the fact that um, because we have forced everyone, so to speak, to tune in on the app or the computer or the archives or you know whatever method they use, the telephone, uh, they're now essentially hooked into a 24-hour program, and uh, everyone benefits from that. As they discover more and more shows new to them, uh, they begin to really like them and uh, and make sure to tune into them. So yeah, it's been a it's a good snowball effect or a domino effect, and we're hoping to continue this tradition. Right. I do want to mention, uh, of course, that uh, the uh, the person behind the network who I guess keeps it together every single day, twenty four seven uh, or twenty four what six and a half, is of course the general manager Miriam L. Wallach. And uh, you know, I, I appreciate all that she's done, and I'm sure, you, of course, you do too. But she's really you know works on this constantly, and uh, and has just done an amazing job. Well, I would say twenty four six and a half, and yeah, I mean, I joke that uh, that she works from uh, Havdalah to candle lighting. It's right. essentially true. And look, the um, 
the focus over the last couple of years has really been to go you know, to go global and to bring our whole concept global. And that's happened on the network, and it's happened through our Jewish Unity Initiative. And one of the things that has been dominating our summer so far is planning our next Jewish Unity Initiative journey um, and figuring out where it'll be and you know how it's going to work, whether there'll be a Jewish music component to it or we're just going to do a broadcast from there, whatever the case may be. So, yeah, a lot of thought goes into um, the direction we're going in, and she gets a tremendous amount of credit, that's for sure. You've hit a number and, of continents, by the way, with the Jewish Unity Initiative. I wonder, is this going to be a different continent, or we can't even discuss that yet? I don't uh, even know yet. I'm just thinking of the three places that are being considered right now. No, one, one would not be a new continent. One would. I'm just trying to think of, yeah, I guess two out of three. <laughs> would be a new content. Wow. Interesting, uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, and also, I want to make mention, of course, of uh, Mark Zamek, who is the music, um, the, the music, uh, what's the official title? Music coordinator? Well, or? He's, he's definitely music director. Music director of the Nachum Siegel Network and uh, all the musical uh, sets that we have, the, his Friday show, uh, the Arab Shabbos program, all the musical uh, interludes between other shows and the music stream. Is really all due to his uh, his work and, and of course everything else he does to help produce various shows with you. Correct. Plus he points out anything I do wrong, which he knows I appreciate <laughs> very much. And uh, <laughs> and he's been an unbelievable partner with all of us. Uh, I mean, he and uh, and you and I, you know, go back a long time, and it's been an amazing partnership. It's really hard to believe that it's this many years, uh, but it continues to survive and to thrive and. Um, you know, everyone should continue in their role to do what we can to uh, to keep bringing this to everybody around the world. Right. You know, I, I want to reference, we didn't talk about it beforehand, but I'll just throw it out there, that uh, a number of weeks ago there was a an extremely successful fundraiser uh, for the uh, for the network, which is a very important. We had asked the listeners to support that and thanked everybody. Um, people can still, uh, can still contribute, can't they, if they didn't have a chance yet? Yeah, by the way, listen to this. Here's a revelation for you, yeah. a great way for people to celebrate the 250th JM Sunday. Mm. You could give to fjbunity.org every day of the year. How do you like that? Interesting. It it's not restricted to the month of May or the month of March or during two weeks or three days or anything else. Whenever you feel, whenever you feel the need or the hankering or the desire to go ahead and to support our great work, including what Matis does on Sunday, we do every single day. Uh, you just go to FJB for Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, FJBUnity.org, and you can give whatever you want. Wow! If you feel we're worth, if you feel we're worth ten bucks, give it. <laughs> if you feel we're worth ten thousand, give it. Whatever you wish, you can give. And one of the things we always discuss and emphasize over all these years is all we're asking is everyone participate. I will never tell anybody the amount to give. All we ask is that you give and be part of the people who appreciate. We do, even if you don't listen on a regular basis. You're someone who appreciates what we do and the effort that's made. It's one of our very important revenue streams, along with sponsorships and and um, and uh, and contributions for our Jewish Unity Initiative, etc. But if you have a, uh, a desire to support us, it's really easy. FJBUnity.org. It's uh, it's great, and uh, we thank the listenership uh, for 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 the support. Uh, no, I don't suggest yeah. an amount, but because Matz is at two fifty, if you want to give two hundred fifty dollars today in that honor, you may. <laughs> that would be nice, uh, and uh, you know, I'd appreciate that. Whatever anybody wants to give, uh, we have a very we have a very eclectic show usually on uh, on Sunday mornings, and different people on that uh, 
Uh, people may not be exposed to on a regular basis, uh, and I'll just let you know of two people that are, are going to be joining us in the next uh, uh, f- uh, about the next half hour when we hit the eight thirty hour. Uh, somebody I've had on before. Her name is Lauren Yelenkovich, and she's a, an American soprano. Uh, and uh, as you know, Nachum, we've had her on because uh, she is a uh, singer with Yanni on his tours. And uh, Yanni was one of the uh, the musicians' acts, uh, if you will, who uh, that that uh, did not give in to any requests not to go to Israel. And uh, he has been in Israel many times uh, and has performed in Israel to tens of thousands of people. Uh, and uh, you know we we thank him and we thank uh, all his people for being a part yeah. of that. So she'll and be on. Thank with me. her for associating with artists that do not cave into BDS. Absolutely. And we always have to laud and thank those who stand up for Israel and for real, for right. real honest principle. And uh, after Lauren's on, we're going to be joined by the king, the one and only king. The king. The king. The king. One second, the king. You don't mean the goalie for the Rangers, do you? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not a, uh, I'm not a hockey fan uh, that king much. Henry. Uh, no, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Sorry. About Could this that. be the king of? Uh, by Absolutely. The one and only Lenny Solomon is going to be joining us also before the end of today's show. And by the way, that's a compliment, King of Schlock, right? Of course. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> King of the Schlock. The King of Schlock himself, <laughs> Lenny Solomon, joins Matis. Yeah. What? By the way, he, he not only can tell you about uh, you know how he, about what things were like five years ago when you started Jam Sunday, he can tell you what things were like you know almost four decades ago when you were first on the radio. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, what was that? What was that first? Oh, we'll talk about it. Kesher yeah. was uh, going going back uh, many many years. But yeah, he'll be joining us for a few minutes. And uh, the questions I have for um, for both of the, my next guests are, are music uh, music oriented, and they're basically going to be uh, how they how they feel about the connection uh, when they're performing with the audience. When when do they know that there's that connection that they've they've linked up? Uh, and how does the audience? How do they know that the audience is feeling the music and feeling what they're doing? So that's going to be an interesting question, I think, for for them. Mm, I wonder how they'll approach that. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Uh, anyway, Nachum, thanks so much for everything. Uh, you're a great uh, friend, and uh, thank you. Uh, and we'll hear you tomorrow morning, bright and early, 6 a.m. over on JM and the AM as to start another week of uh, of broadcasting on the network. I appreciate that. You don't know what time the fast starts on Tuesday, do you? Depends where in the world. Remember, Nachum, I don't know if you know this, but we're worldwide. <laughs> so because in New know. York, I, someone told me it starts in the four o'clock hour, and that means I'm going to need a very very early <laughs> breakfast on Tuesday. <laughs> uh, you know what? We we try to uh, accommodate requests. Um, so uh, let's see if I can find it in the next ten seconds. Uh, in uh, in New York, right? Uh, yeah. Because in Jersey, it's different. I have yeah. a feeling I'm going to be up at about three thirty in the morning. <laughs> you have to you have to get a breakfast there um, in New York. What what is you it's know, actually? You go to Australia for the day. The uh, fast is not nearly as long. True. You know, it was, it was very interesting. Um, uh, a very interesting discussion I saw online last night about people who travel to Israel on a fast day. Uh, Which we're know, doing in the next few weeks. Back yeah. and forth, and and how that uh, you know what what happens. Sometimes people say it's good. Sometimes they say it's it's bad because the timing. It may be fewer hours, but you're sitting on an airplane for yeah. many of those By hours. By the way, I've done that on Tisha B'av and doing it again this coming Tisha B'av, and it's 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 overrated because mm, yeah. you do lose the two three hours, but the but on the plane you don't realize. 
hey, you just need a drink or you just have right. to have something <laughs> to eat. It, it, it's true. It's funny you say that. Also, a friend of ours, I don't know if you heard this discussion. I think you were there. I'm not sure. A friend of ours told us that he completely miscalculated and thought it was a good idea to fly from Israel to New York on a fast, and it ended up fasting like seven hours longer. Because he completely miscalculated, he completely outsmarted himself. Oh, so be man. careful when you fly those trips around a fast. I, I think we have to look for the uh, halakhic discussion where the fast lasts for X number of hours. Where, I, where, I wish that was the case. Yeah, that's the case. It makes life a lot easier, I guess. Absolutely. All right, Nachum, thanks again so much. I uh, really appreciate Mazal you joining us. Thanks again. Take care. We'll talk Take to you. Bye-bye. It is... Uh, 8.28 in the morning, we're going to hear a little bit of uh, Eighth Day with uh, Yalili on JM Sunday. Yala, yala, yalili. Yala, yala, yalili. Yaloile. Yala, yala, yalili. Yala, yala, yalili. Oh, yala, yala, yalili. Yala, yala, yalili. Yaloile. Yala, yala, yalili. Tans, 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 habibi.
It looks like we are interrupting some songs this morning because we have some great special guests that are joining us here in the celebration of the 250th episode show of JM Sunday, and we appreciate it. So we'll we'll get back to Shlemy at uh, some point soon. It's 8.34 in the morning uh, on uh, in the East Coast, Eastern Time. We are around the world, of course, as we always are, different times wherever anybody is. And uh, we are, as I mentioned, uh, in the 250th show of JM Sunday right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. And I've had many guests over the last five years uh, who have joined us from different uh, different parts of the world and uh, different areas and different um, avocations and work. And, uh, of course, music is our is our forte. And one of the people that's been on with us before who's joining us now is Lauren Yelenkovich, who is an American soprano and... Uh, is uh, is a, an amazing star, uh, has a beautiful voice, and uh, has been around um, the music scene for many years, and is a uh, singer with Yanni on his many tours, and has been on uh, is on the albums and on the shows, and did a special with uh, with Yanni, uh, and uh, it gives us great pleasure to once again welcome Lauren Yelenkovich to JM Sunday. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning. <laughs> Uh, you're welcome. It's a pleasure. Uh, you've been on with us before, and I wanted to make sure that uh, you can join us today on this uh, special show. We appreciate it. Uh, oh, thank you. It's an honor to be to be on the show, and thank oh. you for thinking of me. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you you probably have, as we were just discussing off the air beforehand. You you might ha- be a little busier person than than I am. I think sometimes <laughs> you you may only have about. Uh, you know, 50,000 emails that you have to get to uh, from all your fans out there. Uh, and and on Facebook, you have a couple more people that uh, that are that like your page than, than mine. I think maybe about 30,000 more people. But... <laughs> I, I'm about, I think I'm about to reach the 50,000 mark. So I was talking with my sister, who's oh. my my go-to PR agent. Um, and so we're trying to think of, like, some ideas of what can I do to celebrate 50,000. 
Wow. Maybe that, I need to host an, an online live show and then have you on. That would be oh, that? that would be <laughs> phenomenal honor if you if you did, uh, that would be well it would be amazing just to have you do an online show like a Facebook live show yeah or, like a Facebook live or something I was thinking maybe abs- I could uh, absolutely uh, I but done that, you know I'd I be. Think. More than happy to uh, you know help you out with that and uh, and be a part of that if you wish. That would be a great honor for me too. That would be so cool. I love that. I think it'd be really neat. Um, I have a question to ask you, as, as we mentioned, yeah. because we're primarily you know music, and you're out there um, performing in 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 front of uh, tremendous audiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the people that listen to our show and other music shows uh, certainly enjoy the music. They get into it, but when you're performing, uh, especially you know live. How do you know? How do, what's the feeling you get when you're out there connecting with the audience? Is there a point where you feel I'm connected? The audience is with me. I'm with them, and that moment where it's it's all comes together. Um. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I feel like first of all, I have to say that every every audience is is slightly different. Um. But what I do on stage is sometimes with Yanni, at least, is always the same thing. So I often get the question of like, "Oh, what do you do?" to make it different every night. Um, and um, it's really what the energy I feel on stage is, is how I, it's how I give back um, to the audience. So, um, I mean, I, um, I'm trying to like put it into words. I, it's kind of unexplainable until you're on the stage happening, at least right. sometimes for me. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I it, it's, it's a weird feeling. Um, sometimes you go out there and you feel like the audience isn't really connected, and then sometimes you go out there and you just feel like the audience is hanging on every single note that's coming out of my mouth, which is, you know, an amazing feeling. In the end, it's really like um, I have to really just think of what I, um, you know, how how I'm feeling inside and making sure that I'm I'm emoting that to the to the outside. And the way that I really know that that happens is afterwards. Um, I mean, I feel it on stage, and I feel you know, when people applaud and everything and you feel like, okay, I've made a difference. I feel like I've made a difference and that they really enjoyed it. But um, even afterwards when I meet people after the show and they came up to me and they're just like, oh my gosh, I was, you know, totally fine until you started singing and then I just started crying and right. I was like, oh my gosh, like it's an amazing feeling to, to make them, you know, to make people feel that. Um, that sometimes I don't, I don't realize happens. So, um, does that kind of answer your question? Sure, it does. <laughs> no, absolutely. That's what I'm trying to get the feeling that that people have when you perform. You do a lot of uh, private events, also. Uh, so there's certainly yeah. more intimate and and fewer people. And I'm sure that yeah. that feeling is the same way where you have to put yourself in a mindset, whether you're in front of ten people or ten thousand people. Uh, yeah, you, you have a mindset. I, I, I get really nervous in front of a smaller group of people, to tell you the truth. <laughs> right. It, it, it kind of makes sense. A lot a lot of musicians say that because you're you're right there. It's very personal. It's like you, you can't make yeah. any mistake. You can't hide anything. You're you're just there. But once you start to perform, once you start to sing, you know, we, we I mean we believe that that uh, frankly a, a a beautiful voice, an ability to compose, an ability to perform is a gift from God. And mm-hmm. and, I agree. Yeah. and when the audience is able to uh, it, realize that and feel that uh you know it's a tremendous gift that you're giving to the people uh and, and i'm sure they realize that so yes from your perspective i it's it's how you're going to start you're going to be a little nervous in the beginning and then you're going to be into it uh, but when the people are listening you know they may not see that um they right. don't see that and they get what it is that you're giving and that that's must be an amazing feeling though yeah i mean in, in the in the end for me i'm always I, I always say a little prayer before i go on stage too um <laughs> 
you know, I have my I have my little ritual before I walk out right. <laughs> before those curtains open. Um, well, usually, and, usually I have to say in, in big concerts, it's usually you're like Facebooking live about what's going yeah. on, and 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 sometimes I think you want to prank people by like pulling out the the cords or something. You know, <laughs> that's your routine. <laughs> yeah, I usually am like, all right, here I go. You know, um, I like to have a little bit of hype around before I enter and when right. I come off stage. But um, you know, I say a little prayer, and in the end, it's always like, all right, God, like give me give me the power, what I need to express. Um, what I feel on stage and, um, you know, and whatever happens, happens out there, you know, that type of thing. Cause right. you never really know, like you always want it to go a certain way, but like, then lo and behold, like I could be outside at a venue and swallow a bug during the high <laughs> E and that's never fun. <laughs> and it's like, well, that just happened. <laughs> um, right. So wait, are you, are you telling us now that that has actually happened sometimes? I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> Yeah, uh, right. Well, it could be it could be anything. You you could be, you know, you could be there and uh I mean, yeah. we know anything can happen on stage anywhere. Electricity can go out and and yeah, it could start exactly. raining if you're outside, you know. So, we know that, but you know, aside from that, of course. Aside from that, yeah. Yeah, you're you're still able to do that. Uh that that connection is what, you know, I was looking for and I appreciate your sharing that with us because that's a yeah. that certainly I'm sure is a personal again, even if you're fr- in front of 10,000 people. You you have to think in your mind. I'm sure that you have a personal connection with everybody there. It's not that you're just throwing it out there for everybody. Exactly. It's, it's a real. It's an internal thing too. I really feel that like music has a way of expressing, um, you know, when words can't, and um, you know, even if it is, even if there are words in the song, you know, it's expressing something a little bit. I don't know. It's just a heightened way of expressing yourself. I feel like, um, and sometimes the songs I sing don't have any lyrics. But I do feel um, very connected with the notes and um, the emotion of, of that. Right, that exactly. Well, I, we have in, in the Jewish music, uh, we have uh, in, in the Hebrew term nigunim, uh, mm-hmm. which are songs mm-hmm. that are uh, without words. And sometimes mm-hmm. those are the most um, powerful ones. And and, that, and you're an expert in that. I mean, that is what you do yeah, you. when you're with Yanni. But, of course, you know, uh, you're there. Lauren Yulankovich is uh, with us this morning on JM mm-hmm. uh, Sunday on our 250th show. Uh, and mm-hmm. we thank you for, for joining us. I have a question. Uh, I know you do yeah. a lot of... Uh, like I said, some pers- uh, some private events and uh, other venues besides Yanni. What yeah. would be your, if you had to pick a role that you have not performed in yet, anything, Ooh. whether it's opera, whether it's uh, just a classic, whether it's modern, if you had the opportunity to be uh, in a role, what would it be? Oh, my gosh. That you haven't That's a really done yet. Good question. <laughs> that I haven't done yet. Um, well, I mean, I would love, of course, part of my, 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 uh, my theater self would love to do some sort of Broadway. <laughs> ah. I mean, Glinda in Wicked is like a goal of mine, or right. Christine on Broadway. I think I'm a little. I think they usually use really, really young girls for Christine nowadays. But um, those those type of roles I would love to do, or be on be on uh, in a Broadway show. I did an off Broadway show, and I like that feeling of doing the same show eight days a week. You know, right. like eight times a week. You do it eight times a week. Um, and and I really like that repetitive. I like that. I like the consistency of that. But um, that and I and I think um, you know, I'd love to headline my own tour one day. Ooh, how about that? That would be nice. <laughs> and you did you did come out with an album uh, with with a, with a CD. Um, so you know you have your uh, your do. songs. By the way, before I forget, how could people get in touch with you if they want you for a private event, let's say, or you know, to your music? Um, uh, what's the best way? 
the easiest way is um, through my my website, which is my name, Lauren Yelankovich dot com. Okay, great. Um, and it's J E L E N C O V I C H. Or 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 on Facebook, you know, Facebook and messages on Facebook, or um, you know. But I check all my all my email from my um, website, and there's a little form on that that's like a you know a reach out form. Right. <clears throat> So it has a direct contact there. Excellent, excellent. So, okay, yeah. so Broadway is something that we're looking uh, forward to, uh, to I mean, seeing you on. I mean, it would be kind of good. fun one day, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm not just like thinking of you were like anything I would like to do. <laughs> that that would be one. Right. <laughs> but, you know, headline my own tour would be really awesome. I um, am in the process of um, gathering material for a second album. So, oh, great. Which is kind of fun. That's what I've been working on a little bit now. And, um opened up a lot of doors and I feel like there are many things I'm involved in so um excellent I also think I would like to do tv stuff too oh like host host you, a show or you, something you haven't been like uh, would you do a well it probably would be I don't know you could be a judge on one of these uh, shows I, you know I think a judge would be cool I, I'm thinking like um like a like a half hour special like a half hour tv show right um and like maybe involving food because I love food mm-hmm. um okay <laughs> Food and music, and uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Right, There's excellent. A couple ideas floating around. <laughs> right, you, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you were on television many years ago. That's how you got your start. Am I right? That's right. You yeah, have a good memory. I, I still still can't find a video of that. One of these days, I'll get the video or an yep. audio of that, and we'll play it I when you're on. I had, yeah, I had a braces. It was a period of time. I never, I only had braces for like six months. And wow. that was during that time. <laughs> it was very exciting. Wow. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I know it's, uh, you have a busy day ahead of you, as always. And it, it's a real pleasure and an honor to have you on with us. And thank I thank you, you again. It's always so lovely to talk with you. And I always I, I look forward to connecting with your listeners. And you know, thank you so much for reaching out and, and, and having me on the show. And You're thinking welcome. Of me. It's a pleasure. Take care. Lauren Yelenkovich Yelen- <laughs> here on JM Sunday. My thanks to her for uh, for joining us this morning. It's a real pleasure and an honor to have her with us. And uh, we're going to get to a little bit of music, and then we're going to be joined by the King of Schlock himself, Lenny Solomon, right here on JM Sunday.
A little bit of Yehuda Glanz with Uvechen uh, Tzadikim from his Na'ala album right here on JM Sunday. It's a great day here. We have about another 11 minutes before the uh, end of the show. 250th show here on uh, on JM Sunday. And it gives me great pleasure to welcome the King of Schlock himself, Mr. Lenny Solomon, direct from Israel. Good morning, Lenny. Welcome to JM Sunday. Good morning, Matis. Uh, mazel tov to you. 250 shows. You're, you're, you're better than Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> I don't know about that, but maybe in this realm, yes. But thank you well, so much you for know, that. You had a 56-game hitting streak. You have a 250-show streak. That's, that's true. That's true. And, and apart from uh, Yom Tov here in the United States, when uh, Yom Tov was on a Sunday and then going into Monday, uh, we've done every show every Sunday, including one Yom Tov that ended Sunday night. We did a Sunday night JM Sunday show. It was still Sunday, and we did That's a live true. show right after Yom Tov. Uh, I don't know who's going to match this. I don't know if anybody can match this record. I don't know. Even Nachum was on before, and he said that although he's, of course, done thousands about thousands of shows, tens of thousands, uh, it, it, sometimes he takes a day off. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, and uh, but, but, Lenny, I wanted, to, I wanted to have you on the air with... Uh, with me this morning, uh, you know, as a guest on the 250th show you've been on before, you've been on with Nachum many times. You are the king of schlock, but but your music career goes back to even before that. And we've known each other for a very long time, uh, and I wanted to invite you to come on and uh, and talk a little bit about music, what you're doing, uh, and also I have a question to ask you about uh, how you interact with the audience. Uh, but okay. we we go back to Kesher days. <laughs> Right, I, I think you were at the. Were you at the first show in Elizabeth? You remember we played I, that show in Elizabeth? Absolutely, I was there, hundred percent. I have pictures of it, as a matter of fact. Yeah, and uh, and then uh, there was that, and then you performed. It was the first time, and I think when you were on with Nachum, uh, I don't know if I had the information that day, but you performed uh, at Great Adventure during the uh, during the NCSY program, and that was yes, the we first did that a number of years in a row. Right, but the and very it, first time. I had coordinated that with them. It was the first time there was music during this program. And it was freezing. Freezing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And, but it was, you know, it was, it was absolutely great. And, uh, and I know that you're sitting here now, and I appreciate it. You're taking your time away. You're, you're doing some accounting work. Back to your heyday, right? <laughs> Listen, you've got to make sure you do your – you make sure that the money coming in is more than the money going out. That's I mean, the, that's really absolutely. what it's all about. <laughs> so, Not really what it's all about, but, you know. Lenny, uh, l- let me get to the question I, I asked our previous guest, uh, uh, who's on talking about uh, uh, interactions with audiences. When you perform, and you've performed for uh, you know thousands of concerts in front of hundreds of thousands of people, uh, and your music uh, resonates with them. You're not just the music, but the the lyrics, the what, your approach, everything about about you. How do you feel when you're up there uh, and know that you've connected? with an audience and and they've connected with you what is that feeling like when you know that that you've been able to impart what gift that god gave you uh is out there okay so it's such a great question because you know that when i perform a show now when i perform a show which is it's already the first shows that i used to do was back in 83 84 so that was with kesha right so that now I am like Peyton Manning. I use, I use sports <laughs> analogies. Good. Because what happens is, is that you're looking into the crowd. I don't have a set list prepared. I have a set idea. In other words, I know what I want to play. 
but I don't have an order per se. So I might I might type up an order, but it's it's not going to stay. There. You know, my band knows never trust the order because because what happens is that I look into the audience and I say, okay, they need this or they need that. Now the goal as a, as a singer as a performer for me was always to get them by song six. What does that mean? Either to get them jumping out of their seats by song six or to get them cla- to get them doing something by song six. Because otherwise, you're running the danger of playing to a library, which you don't really want to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, so there is a whole philosophy on how to do that. But with me, it's all about high energy. You you have to give them energy. The, the whole the whole concept of I always say music is the manipulation of energy. You're taking energy, you're throwing it at the audience, they're throwing it back at you, and so on and so forth. And you're building up a vibe. And there is no better feeling. Sometimes you play one song and they go through the roof. Right. Um, in which case, it's not really about you. It was about them. They w- they just wanted to do something. They just wanted to to react. Right. Um, right. The the hard the the biggest joy that you get is when they're a very dull audience and then you get them to. When I say dull, I don't mean boring. I mean that they just they just kind of sitting there like Olympic judges. Right. You you may perform. I'm sure you've performed in front of audiences and for different venues, different events where. Uh, not everyone may be familiar. Most people may not be familiar with your particular particular music. So in the beginning, right. I guess they're listening to you, kind of like feeling the sound, looking at your energy. Right. right. And then when they get into it, again, they may not know the words, but they get the beat. They start tapping their feet. They start clapping. And you know right. you've linked with them. And as we've said before today and always, you know, the, what you, and as I mentioned to you before, it's a gift from God from Hashem that you have what you have. And, and it is a tremendous you, joy when they react. Yeah. It's tremendous. Because you know that they're open to receiving and to open to listening, and, and, and they'll dance too, and they'll sing along, and, and then you can import a message of some sort. Um, and it's, it's a great thing. And, and, you know, that's really what I do. When you perform, that is what you're doing. You're trying to, to give over something. And, um, but I, I don't usually come prepared with a okay we're a set in stone set list because otherwise you know what happens if they don't go for song three right, you know, right. or you look into the audience and you say no they're not they're not ready for this song yet i gotta go to something else right absolutely and, i i think that that's that's brilliant i would bet that most performers do not think like that they have their set routine Yes, of course they can improvise, and you know, depending on which which orchestra they're with, let's say, throw something out that they didn't think of doing, you know, originally. But I would say most people don't think that way, uh, and uh, I think that is a tribute to the way you are able to work with the audiences, and it's it's amazing. So um, yeah, thank you. No, thanks I, for sharing I, look, that. It just comes with experience. It right. comes with experience, and of the course. more you perform, the more you. Um, the more you learn, and the, and you're still learning, um, and and that's the scoop. Absolutely. Know? So so tell us. We have about two minutes left. Uh, right now, you're in Israel, uh, and that's one of the great things I've mentioned to the other guests uh, here on the show that we're here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Uh, and it is uh, is a digital world, and uh, we are out there talking now to you in Israel live, and I'm in New Jersey, and we are out there to people all around the world, literally, who are who are listening to the show and listen throughout the week to the network uh, and to, to all the different shows that are on there. Uh, so it, it certainly you know puts it out there. You're now in Israel. You're going to be coming here at some point uh, this summer. You usually do for camps. When are you going to be coming in? 
Right, so I am in Israel until August 2nd. August 2nd is the Motza'eh, it's the, uh, the day after Tisha B'Av. Right. So we're playing Camp Nesher on August 2nd, oh. Camp Hask on August 3rd. August 6th, the Long Beach community, they have a concert series, we're playing them Sunday night, August 6th at 8 p.m. August 11th is, um, we're playing the Sephardic Community Center, which is a, you know, a day camp in Brooklyn. Right. And then the rest of the time... I'm working on a bunch of things. Number one is I'm recording three new Schlockrock uh, parody songs. Ooh, wow. Uh, current music for the for the today's generation. Beautiful. Um, so that'll be fantastic. And then, of course, I'm working on my movie, Daniel in Babylon, right. which, uh, you know, at this point is ready to go. Mm. We're ready to cast, rehearse, and shoot, other than the funding. So <laughs> the, once the funding comes in, right. we... We go to work, and it's going to be unbelievable. And those are the things that I'm uh, working on. Yes, you've been talking about that uh, since its inception. The project is amazing, and uh, and we look forward to it because that is a, a jump in the type of programming and type of, uh, of um, programming that uh, is uh, is in our community and the worldwide community to hear from you. I mean, there's so many people who yeah, you were just quoted. Your line was just quoted. <laughs> In, by a uh, by a superstar performer uh, who who quoted you as a superstar, which is unbelievable. I, <laughs> Billy Joel quoted one of my lyrics in, in, yeah. in, in an article. I just you know, and I, Yona Lloyd was the one that saw it, and he emailed it to me. He said, "Lenny, you won't believe what's in here." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I read it, and he he quoted one of my lyrics. Right, and, right. You know, Thank God. You know, we have made an impact, and it's a it's a. But the most important thing is that we, we are out there. What's needed the most, I think, right now, Matis, is, is Jewish pride, Jewish identity, Jewish awareness, Jewish continuity through music. Right, absolutely. And, uh, this informal Jewish education is so necessary. We need to, the, 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 the kids, the adults, it's for everybody. Right, exactly. feel good about who they are. Exactly. And, and your your way of doing what you do helps that tremendously. And we're happy to be able to to bring this to the audience uh, and to have you, uh, you know, perform here on the show by by playing your music. And we look forward to a lot of it in the future. We're getting set. We have about 30 seconds till we end the show. You hear uh, Hatikva in the background, which uh, as you uh, as you sit there in Israel, <laughs> you feel the pride of being in Israel for that. And, and that was a major step that you took uh, of, of being part of that worldwide community over there. Yes. Uh, Lenny, Tomorrow is 21st year of Aliyah. Oh, wow. Thank God. Lenny, thank you so much. We look forward to seeing you when you come to the States and uh, hearing everything that's going on. Thanks again for joining us here on JM Sunday. Take care. As we end up, as we end up, thanks to Nachum Siegel, of course, for uh, everything that he does and for the network. We'll see you next week right here on JM Sunday.